0: Hey, Action Alerts Plus members, it's Chris Versace here, and we are happy to share one of the latest conversations that we've had with a company CEO, thought leader, and others movers and shakers. These conversations complement our fundamental and technical research efforts and help inform our investment mosaic that we use to manage the portfolio. EVs are a hot topic, and as you know, the portfolio has exposure, but the auto sector more commonly referred to or thought of as passenger cars, trucks, and SUVs, as well as those large, heavy duty truck fleets are only part of the larger shift away from combustion engines. There is a larger thematic wave unfolding, a larger EV transition that spans bikes, motorcycles, aircraft, and boating, as well as ag and construction equipment. In fact, In recent months, General Motors invested in PureWatch, Deere & Company acquired Creasel, and Volvo Construction invested in some electric hauling solutions as well. To discuss the electric boating aspect of this larger EV transition, I recently spoke with Alexander Monjean, the CEO of Vision Marine. Vision Marine is a small cap company that is tapping into the shift in marine propulsion and the overall electric boat market a market that some forecast will reach 16.6 billion by 2031, due in part to emission regulations, fuel costs, and other factors. The company embraces what we call an asset light approach to manufacturing, very similar to the one that many chip companies, including Qualcomm uses. And for those who think electric boating doesn't translate into speed performance, you're going to be dumbfounded by what you're about to learn. Sit back and enjoy the conversation with Alexandre Mangion, of Vision Marine. So, Alex, um, I really wanted to thank you for carving some time out of your day, folks. We're, we're talking to Alex Mangione, CEO of Vision Marine Technologies, uh, you know, company that it, you know publicly trades on the Nasdaq here in the states, ticker symbol VMAR. And I was fascinated to have the opportunity to talk to you, Alex, because we we have. Um, quite a big interest in the transition to EVs. Most people tend to think of autos. Uh, you know, There are various types of autos, whether they are you know, passenger cars, trucks, cargo trucks, big trucks, those class eight that we see uh, running down the highways and byways. But the opportunity to speak to someone who's in the thick of it, because the EV transition isn't just cars. There's other verticals out there as well. So I want to say thank you for uh, spending some time with me to talk about this and help us understand that larger opportunity. Now, as the name denotes, Vision Marine, you guys are obviously in the marine space. uh, And my understanding is you guys have been in and around electric boats for about 27 years. Is that right? Correct,
1: Chris. We're about uh, since 1995. We were actually trying to change the waterways with one boat at a time and since about uh, 14 months now i'm getting support by different oems uh, who are actually testing my technology and now they are at the phase of actually taking deposit and moving into production uh with of their boats with our technology so we're becoming a bit like mercury or Yamaha is with the outboards but there are now electrics
0: okay so what i'm just curious because you know the last several years, there's been a larger push and greater understanding of EVs, and and whether it's from regulatory perspective, emission perspective, you know, cost perspective, but what what led you back, you and the rest of the Vision Marine team, to see, 27 years ago, that this was the thing to do, not combustion engines or combustion powered boats.
1: Even back then, a lot of waterways were actually banning. Uh ice engine outboard or gas outboards and people uh, were looking for solutions so you can always use your paddleboard or your kayak or canoe but there's families and people who are actually having good times on waterways on smaller electric boats and uh, people don't even know but the first boats first motorized boats back then in the 1800s were electric so it's not something new and electric boats were always been around but uh, there's another gentleman in Newport Beach called Mr. Uh, Duffield, who's actually the founder of Duffy Boats, and that man started building also electric boats in the late '60s, and he sold over 15,000 electric boats. So it's it's popular on small waterways, La- lake, canal, rivers since many years. But more and more, we can see now uh, rail boats, pontoons, keebots, uh, bow rider, fishing boats, uh, who are looking to find solution for uh, electric outboards. So, uh, this is where things changed for us in two thousand and fifteen by working and developing a powerful outboard uh, that could push not only our boats but the other uh, OEMs as well. So we were trying to change the industry uh, over eight years ago already.
0: so in my understanding, you know there are different uh, categories, just like in the trucking industry, for uh, the boating industry. theres There's passenger or recreational, and then there's cargo um you know my again just based on my reading I, I think that the recreational market's a little further ahead in electric um and it's it's you know just to what you said you know the recreational market comes in a variety of sizes right so less than 30 30 to 59 foot 60 to 79 80 to 99 and that, I, this is the one i love more than a hundred <laughs> so big boats but you're, but you're saying that you guys have developed the um, the EV or electric engines to push almost all of this. Is that right? Well, I could say more the average
1: boats are between what we can push with our system is actually boats between 18 to 30 feet. Uh, we've shown this summer uh, that we were also able to push boats over 100 miles per hour with our race boat. It was a 32-foot boat. But that's not the scope of the business for the next two years. The scope of the business is to support the growing industry of uh, boat manufacturers who build boats between 18 to 30 feet. And on the report from the National Marine Manufacturer Association, uh, over 330,000 uh, outboards were sold in 2020, and it's close to over 400,000 uh, outboards sold by 2022. Uh, the average uh, power is about 175. So. We're focusing on helping the industry with the solution. Uh, We're not going to be pushing boats for offshore fishing with five outboards. Uh, That's not the scope. Uh, It might be someday, but now we're finalizing uh, and helping manufacturer going out on the public and starting taking deposit and doing delivery uh, early as spring
0: 2023 with our technology. Okay, so quick question here. When, when I was reading up on you guys, it, it read as if that there were three business lines, right? Electric marine powertrain, which is I think what you were just alluding to, but you also have your own electric boats, something you already said, and then there's electric boat rental, which I was a little surprised to see, but as I thought more about it, it's probably a great proof of concept for what you're doing, right? To drive awareness and understanding. So when, when you look at those three businesses, you know. What's what's the biggest one today, w- which is likely the biggest one in the next, I think you said two years, but, but let's go, you know, the next two to five years. Uh, the next
1: two to five is actually, actually the outboards, uh, but the rental was part of uh, what made us successful. And uh, people were looking at us because we were building smaller boats, uh, we were renting them and the profit was actually uh, good and we were able to develop and work on the research of development of the emotion. And the emotion is going to be probably about 90% of the revenue in the next years, but the rentals operation are good. Uh, I could say um, with three rentals operation uh, in function with 15 to 20 boats, uh, we would be uh, uh, cash positive uh, at the end of each year. So now we have one in Newport Beach over uh, with over 30 boats. Uh, we just signed a lease with uh, Ventura, California, so it's going to be under 50 boats. And we are waiting to, to get our building completed in Florida. We should be opening uh, maybe in 2023. So these are important uh, places for our business for the rentals operation. When and we also we can also test and help supporting OEMs with their own boats by adding them in our fleet and uh, catch the interest of uh, renters and boat club members because we have boat clubs and also boat rental when we do our location with rentals. So uh, we were able also to get into business with Freedom Boat Club. Freedom Boat Club is a part of Brunswick Group. Uh, in less than 30 days, uh, one of the biggest uh, franchisee of Freedom Boat Club is going to have five of our boats with our uh, five of our motors in the back of their pontoons and members will start uh, Feeling what an electric outboard is on a pontoon, how good it is, how cool it is, and how quiet it is.
0: That well, that's that, you know, I know a lot of people listening are going to have um, probably a closer affinity. And again, I hate to keep doing this, but for uh, an electric car. But you know, the things that you just mentioned, quiet, um, you know, a lot more room inside, you know, because of the the way the engine is is crafted. Um, you know, greater fuel savings, that sort of thing. It sounds like they're analogous, but are, are there any other trade-offs when it comes to uh, combustion or gas-powered motors that you're replacing?
1: How easy to get those uh, boats uh, fully charged? Uh, the, the gentleman who owns uh, 10 Freedom Boat Lab, the, the Mr. Dan Law, we're working with him, the rental operator with the Freedom Boat Lab, uh, Finding gas station and refueling those pontoons after each day of work is getting painful for him and his crew. Recharging our system using a regular shore power 110 or 220. Every house, every dock, every marina has electricity. It's a walk in the park and. uh, Maintenance, smoke, uh, sound. These are points uh, that are actually giving providing a better Nautical experience for the user, but also for the renter as well. So, Mr. Lung was very happy when we proposed him to use his platform as a bench test for the next six months.
0: And, and just to understand a couple times you, you referred to the technology that you've developed, is it, is it in the charging aspect? Is it in the motor itself? Is it a combination of the two?
1: all the above because we are offering a complete solution for both manufacturers so both manufacturers never built this motor so he built a platform a pontoon, or a bow rider boat, and then he purchased uh, outboard from mercury Yamaha, or honda or suzuki and then he n- install it so we are providing the same type of technology as the ice engine manufacturers are providing but uh, we are adding uh, more i could say a more complete system such as our data center or smart screen that, that gives you the range at the speed you're using, uh, where can you recharge it, but actually if if there's uh, fast chargers, but if there's no fast chargers, you can recharge it at home or at the marina. Um, We are connected uh, every second that the user is using it. And when it's on charge, the customer knows what is the state of charge. So these are little things that it doesn't come with your regular ice engine outboard. So we also provide inboard charging system with our kit. So it's two battery and outboard, Bottle, screen, everything that you need to push any boats. We're not doing any retrofitting. We only sell to brand new boat manufacturer.
0: okay. And I think I've read that you can go a full day, which which really surprised me because when you again, when when you think about the common experience of EVs, especially the early ones, you know, you could go a couple hundred miles, you know, several hours, not a full day, always concerned for adoption because, you know, Well, I'm going to have to pull off. I'm going to have to find a charging station. And now, at least here in the States, with the Biden infrastructure law, as well as the growth in EVs, we're seeing a lot of um, support to build out the charging network. But you also said something about fast chargers. And I wasn't aware. Is anybody developing a solution where people can go out there and fast charge their boats? And if so, who would that be?
1: it's actually range anxiety is something that we have to deal and educate people uh, with since many years and funny fact before getting into a partnership with freedom boat club we've gathered information the average member of a freedom boat club used the boat for less than nine nautical miles every time that he takes a boat out with his family and he goes out so he has the same pattern he takes the boat out Use it for this family till it's the sandbar or the marina has a good time with his friend. He will spend a few uh, uh, minutes of tubing or ski and then he goes back home. So no one's doing 100 miles on a 22 foot or on a 25 foot uh, on, a, on a full day of boating. Uh, the only person that would enjoy himself is probably the, the captain. No one in the boat will be happy of doing 25, 30 miles per hour for four hours non-stop. It's not <laughs> happening. Uh, as the, the grid and the infrastructures, uh, there's two big, uh, one of them is Aqua, and uh, that company is actually very um, has a lot of footprint overseas. They're providing a solution for free to any boat uh, mar- uh, marina owner. Uh, they want long term lease, and they will provide you a, a fast charging station. So it's it's getting there. There's a few of them that that, that are in place in uh, North America, and it's you could see that. Every month, they're adding between five to ten new stations for uh, quick charging. But the user and the purchaser of an electric boat, first thing that they do when they're back home or they they arrive at the marina, they plug it in like a car. When I'm driving my car, I'm arriving at the restaurant. If there's a charging, I, I never ran it out of electricity since three years with my electric cars, and I've got probably the fastest and the craziest
0: electric car on the planet,
1: and I, it never happened. But it it did happen in the past with gas. With gas Fastest,
0: cars. craziest electric car on the planet. What would that be? I
1: uh, got the Remax. No, no, the only one that I don't have the Remax, I got the Benz, the Tesla plane, the NSX was hybrid as well, the Rivian pickup truck. So, uh, But the, the coolest one that I could say that I love driving around is the Benz EQS 580. That thing is pretty fast. Uh, I love the NSX as well, but that one is hybrid. But as driving boats around, we're driving boats around with Rivian pickup trucks. Uh, that thing also—it's pretty fast. It's close to three seconds zero to sixty.
0: Uh, it's
1: uh, and the plate, but the plate we can only drive around the Tesla plate.
0: <laughs> so, so um, you just mentioned Aqua, and you said overseas, and I and I noticed that um, the electric boat market is has been um, developing, I guess, faster so far in Europe, but. Over the next 10 years, there are forecasts out there that say that, look out, here here comes the North American market. Um, but let, let me flip that around. Are there opportunities for you outside of North America in Europe as well? Can you get pulled over there by some of your partners? Are there other geographic markets of longer-term interest?
1: Uh, very good questions. Uh, yes, the uh, European market is actually 10 times bigger uh, than the American market, and they're about 10 years ahead of what uh, we can see in North America. Take an example on the Thames River. Every 300 meters, there's a free charging station to recharge your electric boats. Uh, the, the day that it will happen in Fort Lauderdale on the Intracoastal, uh, I think it's going to be in 15 years. It might be earlier than that. Uh, so it's it's normal to have less of those uh, charging station in North America because there's no product or boats to be fully charged, to, to be charged. Uh, and there's a lot of them in North America and uh, over, overseas in Europe, so it's 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 normal that those enterprises who provide uh, charge fast charging stations are going after the market. But uh, as for ourselves, we decided to also use a battery manufacturer who's based based in in France to make sure that we're going to have also a battery supply uh, chain for the European market. Uh, we have customers, and some of uh, them are actually on their final testing. Uh, they should be out very soon with the first purchase uh, agreement with us, um, with their boats.
0: That's awesome. That is awesome. So what what part of this long-term forecast, you know, the next 10 years, I think I've seen um, the electric boat market by 2031 will be about 166 Billion with the bigger growth uh, not only in North America, but in the passenger market, that seems to be your sweet spot. but what what gets you most excited or what what's the biggest opportunity that you have to capitalize on? and then what's what's the biggest um, hurdle that you need to clear? Because I know with you know smaller companies that have big opportunities, sometimes ramping capacity could be an issue.
1: No, we were actually pretty uh, lucky and organized. Uh, partnering with Lenamar McLaren, uh, they have over uh, thirty-one thousand employees worldwide and fifty-nine locations worldwide to do the mass assembly. Uh, at the first lo- the first location we have chosen with them is the one in Guelph, Ontario. They have over nine thousand employees, and they can produce up to eighteen thousand outboards per year at that location. Uh, I would need. On uh, the other end, uh, Mercury Oyama to go out with an electric outboard. That would be so, bad, so good for us by uh, educating the market and having a big uh, monster showing that that's the way to go. And people are asking me, when are they going to go out? This is I don't know, but I need them to go out as soon as possible. Educating the market is my biggest challenge now because people are worried about the range and the power, and that's why also we were uh, built, we were we built a boat. Uh, we're building electric and race boats since three years now to showcase to the world that we are actually faster than they could imagine and in 2023 at uh, the lake of the ozark shootout where this is where all the oems goes and push their new models of boats and will be faster the challenge that we are actually sh- telling the world of this summer uh, we'll try to be faster than any gas outboard on the three quarter miles. So like an electric car now, everyone knows that they're faster than anything uh, on the quarter mile. We'll do the same on the water with boats. So the power now, people understand that it's there. Now it's about the range and no one, as I mentioned earlier, no one does 100 miles on your little 22 foot pontoons or 25 pound tube. So um, it's, it's interesting and I'm not worried about uh, being uh, not not having enough outboard for the next years. We are very well supported by our, our suppliers. And the agreement that we also have in place is actually uh, well they are well organized as well.
0: Well, to that point, did I read correctly that your order book is full for the next two years?
1: Uh, it's 18 months. Because, 18 months, okay. Yes. The way we do work, we work with OEMs, and we're also helping them in securing Securing all the production lines that we have. So once we sign an OEM, we take him, we take is we take their position from the implementation, the testing, the validation, and then we also train them with the production line as well. So like that, if they have let's say one let's talk about Benito, they have 180 models. Now they went out with one models, but there's a lot of other models that we need to support them into the production line. So choosing uh, big OEMs are actually So a very safe way to go in the future. We have five of them now, and four of them are publicly traded companies.
0: Okay. So let me – the reason I asked – I wanted to ask about the order book is because, you know, for a lot of folks, um, you know, buying a boat is is kind of a big-ticket item. You know, it's a lot of fun, but it can be a big-ticket item. And you know we're seeing companies increasingly announce layoffs. People are concerned about you know inflation. People are concerned about um, you know pretty much where where the economy is going. And so we were likely to see some belt tightening, uh, I think. And I was just curious as as to are you seeing anything anything like that in your business, or or is is this really more of a structural change that's underway in the overall boating industry? and you guys are primed to kind of ride, sorry for the pun, ride the wave.
1: Exactly. The buyers of an electric boat are not your typical buyer of your regular ice engine boats, uh, so we we don't feel, and I don't feel that I'm going to be uh, hurt by that, but the overall boating industry, we're going to see a slowdown for sure for the next three to four years, having uh, a niche product. And we're aiming to get half percent of the overall uh market i'm not trying to get five or six or ten percent with half a percent of uh, the market uh, we're looking about three to four thousand outboards a year that will be representing 300 to 400 million dollars in sales so that's going to be a very good start uh from today up to 2025.
0: okay let me let me just make sure i got those right so you said half a percent of the market meaning the overall boating market recreational right yes and and you said that's about and this is the part i want to make sure Three to four thousand outboards Correct. per year, and then you said that's about three per year. We'll per reach year.
1: out those numbers by 2024, uh, 25. Sorry, we should be around three thousand to four thousand outboards uh, delivered to the market, and uh, that's with half a percent up to one percent, depending uh, how the market is growing. If the numbers are growing as they were supposed to be, grow up to 1.4 million outboards sold. Uh, no, that's only in North America. Huh? That's not okay. over, that's not the world. That's only in North America. So the uh, game plan is to get three thousand outboards sold by two thousand twenty-five.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: Okay. Per year. Per year.
0: Okay. And you said that's about three hundred to four hundred million in revenue. Is that what I heard? Yes. Okay. All right. Canadian dollar. Right. Yes. Oh, Canadian. Okay. 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 Thank. I'm glad. Thank you for clarifying that. I wanted to be sure. Um. Okay so when we look at that if we're not concerned about that um i guess my other question would be is there any seasonality in the business because when i when i look back at your historical revenue they, they do seem to be concentrated more as you would think in the quote prime boating season
1: we were back then before covid uh people were looking and shopping for boats uh, in february or march now people are aware boaters are aware and it takes a year a year and a half to get your product so they're actually educated that they need to put deposit. They're going to have a location and there's limitation. Even with the ice outboard motors, you have to wait 50, 50, 60 weeks to get your outboard for your boat. So if you want to change your ski boat or your pontoon, you're going to have to put an order in and it will take a year, year and a half to get it. So uh, people are aware of that. So we're when we're, we're not facing any challenges with seasonality. So, yes, there's always the new guy that wants to get the new product right away but the, with the electric cars or electric boats, people are aware that it's not happening you can't go and buy a car today and leave the shot at the dealership with it you have to wait in line and choose your model and be patient and this is the world we live in
0: so let me, let me just go back a second then because I, I think you said that the overall boat market is probably going to decline over the next three four years correct so why, so help me understand that. If if we've got people who are lining up, they know it's gonna be 50 to 60, you know, weeks to get the ice engine or 12 to 18 months to get the other, yours. So both, the boat sales will decrease, but okay.
1: the outboard sales will increase because boat manufacturers are moving forward from since maybe six, seven years. Uh, people, the boat manufacturers, manufacturers are buying more outboards than inboards. So the numbers of outboards sold will still increase, okay. but the overall boats sold will be decreasing for sure. But the demand is going uh, in a very good direction uh, with the outboard is
0: and I apologize. This might be a naive question, but I can imagine if I'm if it's coming to me, someone listening to this is going to have it as well. Why? So it sounds like there's a shift. From I guess onboards to outboards, is that correct? Yes, and, exactly. And, and why is that?
1: Space, because the outboard is out of the boat. The boat. There's also the sound. You're much far, far, farther away from the motor. Maintenance-wise, as well, it's easier to do uh, your maintenance on your gas outboard, and uh, people love the, light, the, the, the the fact that they have a nice now that new outboards, the design of them are pretty nice and they love how they look. So space, sound and actually maintenance as well. Um, that's the, the reason and vibration as well. So these are little things that are adding. And that's why since I could say in 2015 years, you're, you're seeing more and more and more. i say 80% of the market is going all outboard now.
0: And Earlier, we kind of touched on something very quickly. I just want to circle back to it. A couple quick questions. Um, What's the average lifespan for an an outboard motor, particularly an electric one over an ICE one?
1: ICE, you're looking about a thousand hours. You have to do a a full overall. An electric outboard, you're looking about 10,000 hours. We have outboards that we we are testing since uh, 2014, 15. Some of them have over 5,000 hours in them. Uh, They are sealed motors. Changing an electric outboard takes about two hours and a half. You can't fix anything on an electric outboard. Everything, every parts that uh, comes with an outboard, you can't really t- fix anything you need to change. And there's less, less, this could say 60% less parts in an electric outboard than you have in your ICE engine outboards.
0: And I know that it the EV electric actually has lower fuel costs, but there are lower maintenance costs overall. And I, I know you just alluded to that, but I think in your investor presentation, you actually have a side-by-side comparison. And it's, you know, I I, I don't want to uh, misquote the numbers because I don't have the presentation up, but it's significant. Is that a fair statement?
1: Exactly, their maintenance is reduced by 90%. That's the maintenance. There's also the cost of use and the ownership. Uh, you're looking about uh, price parity. Uh, or after using your, your outboard for about 175 hours. So I could say maybe after a year and a half, two years, depending where you are and how, uh, how you're using your product, you're looking at price parity. It's, it's simple when you're purchasing a gas boat, you're looking about 10 to 15% of the value of the boat in maintenance per year without the fuel. That's only the maintenance. It's maintenance to do on, on any ice engine outboards or inboard.
0: Wow, that's crazy that is crazy so i can see why you're excited so um, i am and the I mean, market is
1: too the oems too they are understanding that they they need and they now they're all actually it's a race between them who's going out the first and who's providing the best product first like that we're following the car industry
0: well i i was just going to say that because it, it started there But if you look now, there's e-bikes, there's e-motorcycles with uh, Harley Davidson spinning off its electric motorcycle. You've got Polaris doing other type of um, ATVs and recreational vehicles, you know, and we're even starting to hear about companies now that are developing electric planes, you know, smaller in size to begin with. So it it just seems like, you know, we we come full circle to what I was saying when we first started, You know, the misnomer is that this transformation in electric, you know, broadly based, I'm using this, vehicles, uh, whether they're on land or on water, you know, a lot of people are just focusing on the opportunity of their car. They're not necessarily aware that this is happening elsewhere.
1: You also have RVs. People don't even think about Mm, that. There's RVs. mm, We Boyd will have an electric RVs, side by side by Polaris. But keep in mind those manufacturers are also building pontoons and boats. If they built an electric RV or they built an electric EV, and they have also a marine division, those, those people are very inclined in moving forward into the electric, and this is, uh, this is quite challenging. And they have now, those manufacturers uh, have now the knowledge because they already went that path with their electric uh, RVs or side-by-side or cars or name it so it's easier for us now to go uh in their house and showing them what we do there are some of them are very knowledgeable
0: so this might seem like a kind of an odd question but let me see if i can get it out um we and again just comparing where we are in the adoption of of electric boats you know tesla's been around for a little bit we've had hybrid cars and now, only now, after a couple of years and some massive, you know, retooling, are we seeing, you know, the big auto OEMs come in, you know, Ford, GM, and the like, um, but also Volkswagen across its entire lineup, you know, uh, Volvo, you know, and the like. Um, where are we? If you could, you know, kind of look at that, where are we in the electric boat market? Are we still very early days?
1: We are in 2012. 13 when the first tesla uh, s model came out uh that's uh, that's where Benito is they are the first one going out and that's the french group and they have uh, 12 different brands uh, but i could tell you that the gap between them and the other oems are actually much closer than to the gap that we have from Tesla and GM or Ford, because between you and me, the only guys who are actually really building electric cars now, we have Tesla, Benz with the EQS, as I mentioned earlier. And these are really cars that are providing decent range. And then so Rivian is going as some some product on the road. But in the boating industry, they're all going to go out in the next month with their own line of product. It's uh, it's faster in the marine industry than it was in the car industry.
0: Wow. yes. Yeah, I, I think there's a number of uh, issues for that scale, safety um, and other things. But, you know, the so the, the thing is,
1: keep in mind, yeah. if if Tesla was providing back then a full complete system to the other OEMs, maybe the story would be different. That's that's the point that we have today with, with mm. what I created. I'm not keeping it for myself or to some of our products, our boats or hauls. I'm providing the same technology and I'm selling it to those 7,500 boat manufacturers in the U.S. And there's more than that overseas. So that's why it's going faster than it went in the car industry.
0: Yeah, so it, so it, it's I, I'm glad you brought that up because there was another company a long time ago that... Um, really helped revolutionize the mobile phone industry. I I studied that industry for a lot, a long time. And it was a company named Qualcomm, right? And they really came out and enabled mobile phones and and enabled smartphones. And they were effectively an arms merchant, right? They didn't necessarily care who won, right? It could have been back in the day, Motorola, Nokia, Samsung, LG, whoever didn't care because as the overall market grew, right, their chips, their products were being adopted. And, and it sounds like even though you've got, you know, the boat rental business and you've got your own boats, this electric marine powertrain, your goal here is to be the arms merchant. Exactly. Okay, okay. And you've got capacity, so, and you've got the wind at your back in terms of, you know, environmental concerns, fuel costs, marine emission regulations, all this stuff. So what If you had to look at the one hurdle, the one risk over the next, you know, you said by twenty, twenty five, three thousand to four thousand outboards, what's the what's the big hurdle there to get there for you?
1: It's actually educating the market through the channels of dealerships that my OEMs have. So basically, let's say Benito has four hundred dealerships. Uh, it's the time, that we need to educate those dealerships the way that they have to approach uh, their customers and show them uh, and educate them that there's other solution. So having a Honda or Mercury on the out there and selling their product as well would be so helpful. So I could have something else also to rely on my technology and my performance with. Now I'm, the, I'm left alone. So they always want to compare with the ICE engine board. If I was comparable, to another uh, electric outboard, it would be so good for me and easy to educate the market. I wouldn't have to to do all my uh, my, my presentation and my uh, my, my right. races and my challenges.
0: But I, I would think though too that, I mean, if this was to, to your point about Tesla in 2012, if you were trying this in 2012, it would be so much harder than it would be today because because we've got, people are seeing more, again, this wide this expansion of, of electric vehicles and again not just autos but the other things that we discussed so I, I would almost think that they're probably you know more receptive than possibly ever you want to hear a crazy story if you go always on YouTube, always if, i love a good crazy story if, if you want to go on youtube and watch what
1: my mentor a gentleman named ian bruce he's the designer of laser cellboats one of the most popular sailboats in the world he built over 200 thousand sailboats in 100 and sold them in over 141 countries. So Ian Bruce was a very good novel architect and built a boat that's called the Bruce 22. Mr. Ian Bruce passed away a few years ago. He worked on a project with an electric motor. It was the same electric motor that we are using now for the outboard, but it was installed inboard. Same type of technology. And we were in 2012. He had invested millions of dollars into that those four little boats, electric boats that he built and couldn't make it because the technology was there. The people thought it was crazy, a bit like the, the doctor in Back to the Future.
0: <laughs> <It> was,
1: <laughs> the boat was doing 38 miles per hour. It was able to pull a water skier in the back of it. But it, it was not something that was ready for production and the safety were not there back then. But it was like Tesla was in 2012. He was following Tesla. Was, but he was pretty old and he uh, was... Actually, it was at the age that he was doing some project for himself, but uh, it was exist- existing back then already, but people were not ready for that. Now they are ready. It's not the future, it's the present. And uh, that's why we are supporting OEMs by their launch- launching their product in the next boat shows in the next uh, months.
0: That's awesome. And you said that the Lake of the Ozark shootout is in 2023. When is that?
1: August. Uh, usually, it's the last weekend of August. Last summer, a uh, few months ago, we did 109 miles per hour, and i should be good to do over 120 this year on a three-quarter mile. Well,
0: we're 120 we're gonna, miles we're, per hour. We're we're going to reserve the right to come back and get an update on that because I, I find this story very fascinating. Um, Alex, you've been you've been so generous with your time. Um, you know we we talked we covered quite a bit of ground, but I always like to give the last word to the guest. Um, is there anything we didn't talk about, whether for the overall industry, vision marine in particular, that the listener needs to know before we get out of here? Uh,
1: that product will be out on the market. So you could order and you can already order some of our uh, OEMs product with our technology. So follow us and actually look what we are doing. We are delivering. And we are showing to the world that there's a solution, and that solution is actually faster and uh, more enjoyable. Uh, you have a better time using it than your regular ice engine outboard. Fantastic!
0: And Alex, for folks who want to learn more about Vision Marine and your products, where, what what's the best place to go? I, I know there's all sorts of social media, Twitter, this or that, but what's the best place to go? Uh,
1: enroll yourself in your in our, in our on our website with our mailing list at visionmarinetechnologies.com. Uh, We always go out with our new technologies. Uh, We do weekly capsules or videos of uh, the new uh, testing we do with OEMs, if it's a pontoon, a fishing boat, a race boat. So we are actually providing as much as we can uh, with the information of the the latest testing that we do. And we also give uh, some very good uh, news update and newsletter update on what we've been achieved by Vision Marine Technologies.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much, Alex. Magian, CEO, Vision Marine.
1: Thank you for having me, Chris.